Hey, welcome back. This is Garrick Van Buren, and you're listening to another episode of the First Crack Podcast. Uh, I know what you're thinking. Where's that lovely theme music and that pull quote that he that he so frequently uses to indicate that I'm beginning to listen to a new episode of the First Crack Podcast? Well, folks, everything's all packed up. The theme music from Jeremy Pillar is is in a box over there, and the, oh my my basket of pull quotes is uh, is already in the moving van. Uh, so it's uh, it's bare bones today. And uh, this is as as I promised in the in the blog uh, at, over at firstcrackpodcast dot com. This is a new oh, it's the second half of a conversation with Jay Winia from Winia dot org. And uh, and myself on all sorts of geeky technology things. In in this one, we're talking about uh, uh, making money, business models, that sort of thing. Uh, the first half of the conversation was on gadgets and and uh, interoperability and blah blah blah. And you can find that over at glass2big.com. G L A S S T O O B I G dot com. I want to let you know that the podcast now has a voicemail box at six one two. Two eight four four one four eight. So let me know what you think of the conversation here, and I'll include it in an upcoming show. I actually have some in the queue. My apologies, apologies for taking so long and getting these out to you. Life gets in the way, you know that. I know that. And as you'll be able to hear from the conversation, I had a bit of a uh, <laughs> voice problem a couple of weeks back when we recorded this, and uh, it's only now clearing up. So that was also part of the reason why I, I didn't do any podcasting. I could barely talk. I'm a big fan of Human Cloud's thoughts and ideas and what he's doing with his blog and um, and his cartoons. Uh, yep. What what got me is that he's very explicit on his blog about um, how he's not making money with the cartoons. Right. And... I say bully for him because, you know, I'm comparing, you know, making money, selling his cartoons in some way, shape, or form versus uh, making money selling wine, very expensive suits or yachts. Um, yeah. Yep. It's, it, to me, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, there just yep. even seems to be a lot more money in the latter. Um, well, that and, and a higher concentration of yes. money. Because what I found, you know, I've got that socket um, web server toolkit that does Apache, MySQL, and and PHP. And what I've found in having that is that the overhead of customer transactions, meaning following up on credit card transactions that didn't go through mm-hmm. properly and all that stuff, when you're dealing with a sub $20 item, it's just brutal. And... If, you know, for instance, in the case of his whole Stormhook thing, you're talking cases yeah. at a time. Or in the case of a suit, you know, $3,000. Well, I, I know i got to make a whole lot more $20 bills than I do $3,000 checks yes, exactly. right? to make a living. And, that you know, that's that many fewer customers to deal with. So you're, and yachts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Right, it's a little more the the kind of yachts he's talking about. Uh, you know, a decent sales commission you only <laughs> got to sell one a year, right? <laughs> so why do I want to you know bend over backwards to uh, attempt to you know you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know a, what a quarter a cartoon? Anyway, so the whole thing was he's like he's making money, 
he's with some really cool things. And yet the rest of the people on that call were like, yeah, but you should totally sell your cartoons. Here's how you can do it. No, no. Yeah. They, 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 they clearly reflected that whole Silicon Valley mindset, which is that everything is a, a straightforward business. Uh, Did you know what I mean? That whatever it is you do, that's what you sell. Ah, and maybe a second level business off of that where you know i give away the cartoons and i sell the advertising right and and they completely ignored the third level and fourth level mm-hmm. businesses which are frequently where you can settle in really nicely yeah. and do, do do just fine for yourself i mean look at look at the the job of president of the right. united states the job pays what 400,000 a year now compare that to every CEO in the entire country of a Fortune thousand company, right? Right. So there are a thousand a thousand people in the country who have less responsibility and make ten to a hundred times mm-hmm. more. But the reason you take the job of president of the United States is not for the four hundred thousand dollar salary, right? Did right. you need right. to sell one yacht you're, for that? You're take, you're, right. You're, you're taking it for the power and for the the residual effects on your life thereafter it's a long-term salary it's speaking gigs from here to eternity you know sitting on boards of directors it's all of those second third fourth level income streams Mm -hmm. that make it a worthwhile thing to do financially and you know you still gotta have the ego to even want to try (laughs) to take the job but um but the thing is that that if if you know if you called those guys up in that kind of a conversation and said, well, I'm thinking of running for president, like, well, here's how you can get a raise. Yeah, it, it's not about the four hundred thousand dollars. And I think it's the there's the whole thing about accentuating the the secondary. Uh, mm-hmm. That that just seems a lot more interesting, you know. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. Yes, yeah. and yeah. Well, the thing is that that I mean, if you go to a strict economist approach to this. Money is an expression of value, mm-hmm. right? And so what, what, you, what we all should be striving for is to do what we love but collect value where the, the customer sees the greatest yes. value. Because, I mean, as a web developer, you and I both know that the stuff that is the most complicated is almost never what the client values. Right. You know, the thing that, that you would finish coding and call me up and go, dude, you got to see, this is great. This is so elegant. This is, And it would be something the client would go, what is it? Exactly. Whereas if you walked, you know, in, and if you yeah, told them, walked in and you sort of flipped the knob for them and like, oh, that, that's exactly what we wanted. Yeah, okay, yeah. Exactly. And the, so the, the, the value they see may be in the thing you spent 10 mm-hmm. minutes on, but that's what you want to collect yeah. on. You know, if they had a ten thousand dollar reaction to a ten dollar solution, mm-hmm. you would. Ra- I'd rather collect the ten thousand dollars from oh, yeah. them than try to collect ten thousand dollars from a ten dollar reaction. Yeah. Exactly, convincing them that it was and, a good solution. Yeah. Exactly, and for instance, you know, with, with the cartoons, th- there is value there, directly. Absolutely, right. I think it's positioning. But it's and probably mindset, and you know, because if. If you don't like those cartoons, there's no way you're going to want to do business with Human Cloud. Right. But, you know, even then, the, the direct value 
Meaning that if if he were to withhold access except for those who right. paid, which is the artificial scarcity way of collecting right. the revenue, he would maybe collect a fraction of a penny per. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Which means to the average viewer, the average one of his cartoons is worth less mm-hmm. than a penny. And and I forget who it was that was making that point repeatedly, but it was, you know, that with the thousands of page views he's got, you could make a couple of hundred bucks a day easily. And it's like, yeah, you could. But the whole point is if if you can get that kind of if the if you've got customers that will see that value elsewhere in an easier format, mm-hmm. you don't have the overhead. And the reason we have advertising as a business model everywhere is that advertising aggregates those sub penny value expressions into one big check. Right. right. And that's what advertising has ser- served for a long time. Is it it is micropayments. Yeah, and it only works with really huge aggregates. Right, because that's you know kind of like um you know when a bank buys up mm-hmm. loans or buys up credit cards, advertisers are buying up the 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 aggregate the aggregated value that all those readers are going to have and and writing the one check to cover it yeah. all. But that, in exchange for modifying the work. Right. That, that I think that that model is going to work less and less because those aggregates are going to get smaller and smaller. They are, although I'm not I'm not necessarily convinced that it's going to work less and less. Okay. Um in part because that's the that is it's the patronage model dressed up differently. Yeah. And the patronage model's been with us for a long time and has worked on scales as small as one. Right. For a long sure. time. And realistically, I don't know how that almost every <laughs> yeah, my uh, yeah, my my clients are the patrogen. That I was just going to yeah. get to that is pretty much uh, you know you go through Technorati, there's what 15 million mm-hmm. uh, you know everybody was all all a flutter about the numbers this week, but um, one of those blogs is has patronage. Mm-hmm. Some guy working at Office Depot. You know, Office Depot is patronizing yeah. by by providing a roof over his head to allow him to do what he exactly. enjoys. And to me, what everybody's after is, I want to do what I love and get money for it. <laughs> right. And I think... Yeah. And if he enjoys drawing cartoons and has absolutely zero editorial control from advertisers, zero editorial control from mm-hmm. customers, you know, no input whatsoever on his his actual mm-hmm. work, that, that allows him absolute, complete... Uh, freedom of creative right. expression. Why would you want to give that up if you are making enough money to live on? Yeah, when I think, in fact, if that if he did that exclusively, that work itself would suffer. Right. Exactly. You know, to me, the the reason we end up picking up advertising is usually because the other methods aren't viable or won't work mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like. I, I already tried selling it, or I can't figure out a way to sell it directly, or or I can't find somebody who's willing to pay me the money to sit here and draw cartoons yeah. all day. Therefore, I have to do advertising mm-hmm. because it's the simplest, easiest, especially with things like AdSense, way to do it if you can't come up with any other right. way. And I think it's uh, they're, they're uh, digging into AdSense is interesting, too, because I... You know, it, I I know that it works for Google, mm-hmm. and if it works for 
the ad publishers, meaning that very high, uh, very low cost or very high quality leads, mm-hmm. then th- that inherently means that it's not going to work for the the channels that the advertising is based on. So it's not going to work for the because it's a low cost mechanism for the ad publishers. There's no mm-hmm. way that the blogs or whatever that those ads are sitting on are going to be uh, are going to make any money. I, I think I think yeah. In the um, how do I want to say this? In the micro sense, mm-hmm. yes. Because the ones that are doing well with it, and, and I'm running it on a bunch okay. of sites, in, in part as an experiment, because yeah. I want to see what numbers it is and and what it would take to make a living right. at you know doing that. How, and what I've seen is um, is that if you really pushed it, you you could build probably a network of sites that would that would very easily provide you with a decent okay. living. But the idea that one blogger sitting down to write three posts mm-hmm. a week is somehow going to make seventy five grand mm-hmm. a year, that's ludicrous. Right. They would have to be so highly focused that those that the dis, that there would be no uh nothing distinguishing the the Google ads from the posts themselves. Right. And and you would have to have such phenomenal mm-hmm. traffic for that to work. You you would have to be I mean you would have to be a household right. name. Or you know or at least a laptop name, you know. <laughs> it's a nice way of putting it. Um but I I also do think that niche sites can very quickly pay for their expenses and if you're efficient about your gathering and pu- posting of content mm-hmm. it it it's definitely a viable way to you know to to come up with uh, the cash if you want complete you know as complete control as you can have with you know with adsense right. running but um especially when you start optimizing for the the click through the the amount per thousand you mm-hmm. make um i know the the guy um, who was talking about AdSense on, on the Gilmore Gang this, this last time was using, you know, he had it down in the bottom left-hand corner and was getting, you know, something like 20 cents a thousand or I don't remember what the number was exactly. It was really okay. low. And, it, you know, was talking about how he could could turn his kind of traffic with those numbers into a lot of money. And I know I've, I've got sites that, that run, you know, six, seven dollars a thousand. Mm-hmm. Which you can, you know, you only need, uh, you know, fifty, sixty thousand page views a day before you start making decent money as an individual. And I think, you know, when they were talking, they were almost exclusively talking about companies. Yeah. You know, that have offices and four and five, ten, fifteen staff members, and it's hard to make enough money to pay fifteen people, no matter what you do. <laughs> Good point. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, because if if you figure, you know, even just for nice round numbers, fifty thousand a head. Yeah. Five people's a quarter of a million a year. You got to bring in. Yeah, yeah. and the. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've actually thought about that and you know, what that would look like. So if I said, you know what, I still want to run my own thing, but I want to, 
you know, I want to do the sales or, you know, have somebody else do the work or whatever, you know, the amount mm-hmm. of additional effort that I would have to do to support somebody else, um, doing that is just like, well, I have a pretty sweet, you know, lifestyle going on right now. That would drive me crazy. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think that's, that's really one of my big beefs with the, the Silicon Valley approach mm-hmm. to things is that, you know, if you throw out the word business mm-hmm. model, there's a pretty good chance we're not on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, for, for instance, uh, I registered a new domain today, and for the entire year, it's going to cost me, you know, $8. Right. I rent a server that currently has 49 domains uh-huh. sitting on it that that costs me 200 and some odd dollars right. a month to have it. The guy patches it and does everything to it. Well, what that means is each individual site that I create has no overhead. Exactly. You know, the the amount of bandwidth, especially if we're talking about, you know, text, blogs, and whatnot, the amount of bandwidth is, is so negligible as to just disappear uh-huh. in the noise. And the domain is so cheap, and I, I have my own design mm-hmm. skills. You know, so in one afternoon, a new site mm-hmm. goes up. And, I mean, you saw the one that I threw up for the glass too big. You know, one afternoon, that's up. Well, now, if you don't have to spend hours and hours and hours of maintaining it thereafter, you don't need a business right. model. If you can find a way to, for that site to bring in $20 a month, it's self-sustaining. <laughs> right? You yeah. know what I mean? It just paid your Skype bill for the month or your, uh-huh. you know, whatever it is, it's exactly. covered. So on, the, on that note, so I have a handful of WordPress plugins that you probably know about. Mm-hmm. And every month or so, you know, somebody will throw me a 10 spot or a 20 spot as a thank you for maintaining yep. them. And that, that's nice. Yep. Um, Jonathan Colton recently, one of my one of my newest favorite musicians and artists. Yeah, I, I caught up with everything. He, his entire feed this morning, <laughs> so I, I'm with yeah. you on that. Uh, so his thing a week feed. He said, "Yep, that's yeah, the one. <laughs> give me a buck, and uh, you know, basically as a thank you to him for the song a week." And I'm like, "Well, I have to do that." Um, yep. So right after I signed up for that. Like uh, next day or somebody, somebody dropped me uh, a twenty bucks for a plug-in. I'm like, sweet! I just, mm-hmm. just paid for twenty weeks of Jonathan Colton songs. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and and it all routes around like that. Now, I mean, the the same thing I was talking about can come in where if if you're doing too much of that, where it's direct to a customer, mm-hmm. there's overhead that comes along with it. But in many cases, it doesn't need to be that way. It doesn't need to be that much overhead. You know, what you're talking about, gift-based mm-hmm. stuff, isn't doesn't need to be thousands and thousands of customers and dealing with all kinds of... You know, if somebody gave you the money, there's a pretty good chance they're not going to ask for a chargeback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I think of all the things, all the systems that you have to have in place to, mm-hmm. you know to support something other than a gift-based thing. I'm like, you know, geez. Right, and, I, and I've said that to my business partner on a whole bunch mm-hmm. of ideas where he's like, well, you know, why are we giving this away for free? And I'm like, because it isn't worth mm-hmm. the effort to charge exactly. for it. And I was like, yeah. what? It's like, oh, the instant you charge for, you know, for instance, if you were to charge for one of those WordPress mm-hmm. plugins, 
The overhead required to handle customer service requests and problems means you would suddenly probably have to make two or three hundred mm -hmm. a month just to get back to the free point you were already at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just just to counteract the lost time, the lost productivity and and the you know the animosity from people who think they were out to screw you over because you know their email filter blocked the receipt. Right. You know, all that stuff. It, you you've got to dig yourself which is exactly what VC money mm -hmm. does. You know what well, you know if you if you can bootstrap it outright. Mm -hmm. It's like the you know the eight dollar domain and evenings and weekends of your effort and you're done kind of an approach. If you if that idea makes a million bucks, you retire or at the very least you buy a right. new house. Now, if you just took five million in venture capital, you that same million dollars puts you bankrupt. Oh yeah. Well, you know, suddenly what might have been a two million dollar idea is now a bankruptcy mm -hmm. idea. Well, to me, a $2 million idea ought to put me in Cancun. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? And unfortunately, I see people trying to turn $2 million ideas into $5 million companies, and we, we criticize them to no end about how, oh, this was just a bad idea. Not necessarily. It might have just been a $2 million idea or a half a million dollar idea or a $10,000 mm -hmm. idea. And the trick is to make sure that if it is a ten thousand dollar idea, don't sink more than five grand <laughs> into it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You know, and my, my dad says it over and over and over again. He's like, you know, and uh, he'll pull somebody. There's only one secret to being in mm -hmm. business, and you know, kind of pull you in yeah. close to, to hear his, his his deep wisdom. And he's like, spend less than you make. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and everybody he does that to just kind of you know you can just see they were expecting something deep, but you don't need yeah. anything deeper than that. Yeah. And I think if you spend less on the idea, then it's going to bring in that's a profitable mm -hmm. idea. And I think the uh, the the bit you you talked about where with the expense of um, lots of tiny transactions is mm -hmm. I think why one of the reasons why we're seeing so many free. Um, not free non-advertising based tools um, par mm -hmm. partially because we're tr just they are part of it they are just one idea they're one small feature in the larger application for one thing um, any, right. any of these you know file sharing listing calendaring app you know they're just they're just one feature within yep. a, a larger life thing and uh Yep. You know the 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 payment in the transaction comes on top of that. So now that I now yep. that I've got this tool and I like it, and you know, boy, I wish it did this, and I would pay yep. for that because that actually adds, you know makes my life easier in a in a quantifiable yep. way. And um, yeah, and then maybe maybe that you know here I need you to plug into I need this one feature to plug in this other feature and this other feature that I've all have history and data behind now that that's value mm -hmm. there or whatever right. these sorts of additional services are on top of the free thing. But yeah, I think the free thing is yep. free for any number of reasons. Right. And I, and I think when, when the people are criticizing the, the free site, the, you know, or the free mm -hmm. service thing, you know, asking where's the business model, um, you know, first, make sure that they're actually spending the kind of money that needs a right. business model because in many cases they just aren't. Yeah. But 
um, but you know, in in some cases, they they do need one. If you know, if you actually went out and rented an office, you're going to need some sort of money mm-hmm. coming in. But look, you know, look at the Thirty Seven Signals book mm-hmm. thing. You know, if if you can make a hundred and twenty grand mm-hmm. in a month selling an ebook, who cares what your primary business is, <laughs> right? You know, I've heard things. You know, like McDonald's makes more money from real estate than right. hamburgers. That's the whole Sears and Kmart thing. They're they're real estate companies now, it, right? Or you know, in Sears, their second business model is mm-hmm. credit. You know, at Best Buy as well. Their their goal in getting you to buy a three thousand dollar plasma screen is not to make three uh, percent in retail markup mm-hmm. on it. It's to make a twelve and a half percent interest over the four years it takes you to pay the damn oh, yeah. thing off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so, but you, you don't see people going after um, Best Buy and Sears and what I mean. Kmart is an exception. <laughs> people are going after them, but for good right. reason. But you don't see people going after. Um, you know, Sears saying, "Dang it, you got to make your money from retail." Yeah, they don't care. The shareholders are like, "Look, did you make money this quarter or mm-hmm. not?" And if you know, like Hugh can do, if if he can make money from wine, and that's cheaper in overhead than all the other stuff, then that is the best way yeah. to go. Especially if he enjoys it. <laughs> all right, that just means he probably has a lot more. Uh a lot more time and a lot fewer worries to uh, crank out cartoons. So, oh right, and when um, I forget who it was because I always have a, I always get those guys right. confused and I'm just listening right. to them. But somebody said, you know, well, by selling by by getting people to buy wine, you're limiting your market. Of course, well, you're doing. Yeah, anytime you do something, you're limiting your market. <laughs> exactly, but by providing the Gilmore Gang as a podcast rather than text, you're limiting people who have he- who have ears that work. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? The thing is that it isn't nearly as engaging on paper. It just isn't. You know, our conversation right now would be dull as, as sawdust on uh-huh. paper. I'm not going to you know claim it's terribly engaging <laughs> in audio, but it, it, of course you're limiting your market. Yeah. And, and every good business book will tell you that's the way you increase your profitability. Mm-hmm. It is, you know... Not not limiting, you know. In in one sense, you you still are always wanting to gain new customers, but you want to you want to gain new profitable customers. And oftentimes, those so you are always yeah, limiting those customers. In in my book, anyway, are most likely the ones that have already bought. So, yeah. right, exactly, exactly. Anyway, you yeah. know, and um, as far as free services, I just pulled up my stats for uh, for mm-hmm. last month and. You know that little uh, P- uh, Flickr experiment I did with interest finding interesting photos for blog oh, nice. posts. Y- you know that thing got hit um, about two hundred thousand times last mm-hmm. month, and it cost me nothing. I don't need a business model to support that that service. I just don't. You know, if I get one job as a se- senior web developer, I can afford to sit here and. Talk on a microphone. You know, I don't need to be paid to sit here and talk on the microphone because I've been paid everything I needed to be paid for today. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then there's this whole radical concept of, you know, not spending 45% of your income on a roof over your head. <laughs> just old-fashioned that way. <laughs> All right, maybe, maybe you live in slightly uh, you know, below uh, what you'll get credit for. 
Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I, I know what you just sold as a house, and I lived in pretty much that house in St. Mm-hmm. Paul f- for five years yeah. myself. So, I, uh, And that people looked at me like I was nuts. Yeah. It's uh, you know, very... But I didn't. You know, and I look at those big giant houses in the, in the suburbs and look at the you know twenty foot roofs, twenty foot ceilings, going, how, how the hell do you heat that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I'm glad you you're heating that, not me, because <laughs> yeah, I'll just I'll just heat the rooms I actually need to live in, and and, and just the just the parts of them that makes me comfortable. Yeah, exactly, and and move mm-hmm. on, but. I, I think that's what we're really seeing is not necessarily a, a move toward micro payments, mm-hmm. you know, which is bring you know, given what we were talking about at the overhead right. of customer right. service, micro payments, unless you do some form of aggregation, which leads you right back to advertising, it just in some other yeah. form, you know, where you're aggregating it to a central processing payment. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that isn't necessarily what we're after. I think what we're seeing is the rise of micro enterprise. Ah, nice. Where you don't need, you don't necessarily get get twelve people together and have for those twelve people a single revenue stream that is split twelve mm-hmm. ways, and that's how they all make mm-hmm. a living. Instead, you've got individuals with twelve revenue exactly. streams. The diversification on the income rather than on the the investment or whatever other other financial diversifications that people have been promoting forever. You got to diverse your investments. Well, how about I diversify my income? Exactly, exactly. And the thing that that lets you do is is just live your oh, life. Yeah. And then you it doesn't hurt when, and, and that to it me, doesn't hurt when you get laid off then or one way doesn't work out because you've got 11 others. Exactly. And and to me that's the the downside of not just being an employee because you know almost everybody who just heard what we said goes, "Well, that's why you need to run a business." No. It's not about the distinction between that because if if all of your money comes from freelance web development mm-hmm. work, you just put all the eggs in a different right. basket. They're still all in one basket. And and to me, that's why I am kind of interested in the AdSense revenue model. Not that that is what you will live on, but if AdSense brings in $200 a month. It takes the edge off. Right, that's $200 a month you don't have to worry about. You know, your your energy bills are covered or... You know, you, you, all your communication, your DSL on your cell phone mm-hmm. is covered, or whatever, and that frees up your time and energy to go earn money some other mm-hmm. way. And you know, if if I can make money ten different ways and only work six or seven hours a day instead, mm-hmm. that'd be a great oh, way yeah. to go, right? And they, they, you can't do something like that. You know, you'd have time to spend. It. You can't do something like that on an hourly basis. It has to be. Um, you know, like you're saying, something that that hits like a Google AdSense or something that you know that you that you create once and get a you know and on if not ongoing, um, but at least uh, yeah, something you know, like like uh, Ron Popeil says, you set it and forget it. Exactly, and and I think that's what why AdSense is appealing to a lot of people, and and a lot of the critics are missing mm-hmm. that um, that it isn't about making it your making it your job because that would be would be just as bad as right you know all your money coming from right. a boss you know because if google changes the terms of service you lose your house that's not a great move <laughs> yeah but if if it's coming in from a whole bunch of places you know including 
you know, some people, for instance, are making money speaking mm-hmm. gigs or working, doing conferences, um, doing, uh, you know, like you've done some work with consulting with groups on mm-hmm. podcasting where you're not necessarily delivering a product, you're, you're delivering expertise. Mm-hmm. And doing that and writing for, say, online magazines or other blogs, or and you do a whole bunch mm-hmm. of that, you've now got the money right. you need. And the money I need, while I, you know, I'm I'm not going to delude myself into thinking I'm I'm living like a pauper. I know I live very well for, you know, especially in relation to the whole right, world, yeah. but even yeah. here. But for instance, just the fact that we live in Minneapolis instead of Silicon Valley, right. already reduces our needs <laughs> for the business model to support the fact that we've got a view of the Golden Gate Bridge. Right. You know, that overhead's gone. You know, you and I both know we can find a house in this general vicinity a whole lot mm-hmm. cheaper. Well, that was the whole thing, and maybe we talked. And if we were willing to go, maybe we talked about this before. But that was the thing. Uh, one of the, for me anyway, one of the major factors why, why I'm here is like you know what if, you know I could probably I can work on my own and get my own clients and do my own thing and you know if that doesn't work out. I don't need that much money, and you know what? I could probably work at Starbucks if I needed to, and it would be all right for a little while. So, yeah, in versus, exactly. to, versus Silicon Valley where if something didn't pan out, man, i got to find some high-paying thing right now, and that's no good. Exactly. And, you know, I was out, uh, my parents live out 90 miles west of the mm-hmm. cities, and out there, I mean, there's some of those small towns out there, mm-hmm. You can buy houses for ten thousand right. dollars, you know, and especially for what we're talking about. You know, the whole if you're all if all your work is online, mm-hmm. yeah, you can go pay cash for a house, <laughs> have no expenses whatsoever. Yeah. You get and still be just as connected. And as make you sure were. there's a DSL connection, you know, high speed DSL connection going out to the farmhouse, and uh, you can live like a king and have a hundred acres. It, exactly, and suddenly that hundred dollars a day on mm-hmm. Google. <laughs> that is enough, you know. <laughs> yeah, or or the tip jar mm-hmm. is enough, or the, you know, for instance, uh, you know, Kotke's whole right. thing. Depending on your mm-hmm. perspective, it was a failure or it was yeah. a success. It all depends on what you need. Right. And it. listening, I don't. Know, did you catch him at South by Southwest? No, okay. I didn't. I didn't go to any of the keynotes. Okay. Actually, I'm kind well, of the, odd what I, what I got out of his conversation from that was. What he wanted was a full-time job, a full-time job that he could slack yeah. at. Right. And that to me was, you know, um, the idea that running one mm-hmm. blog is a full-time job blows my mind. Right, which is why it's amazing he got as much as he did for it. Right. And, and that's what I'm saying is from the perspective of that's a job, mm-hmm. being full-time, that's a job. Yeah, he, got, <laughs> he did really well. From the perspective of living on forty thousand for a in year, NYC. that I'm not yeah, keen yeah. on. Right, that I'm not keen on. But to me, if that forty thousand was just one piece, mm-hmm. he'd have done fine. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but instead, he did. He wanted to. He wanted to do nothing but write a couple of posts mm-hmm. a day, which you and I do in the morning, and, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> and still, still go work for people all day. And so do millions of other bloggers. Right. So why would that one thing? I, I don't know. 
if, if he had launched, you know, here's the Kotki network of blogs. Mm-hmm. You know, I run this one, and there are dozens of others, and by giving me a dollar, you're, you're contributing to all of them. That might have been a different story. Yeah, good point. But, you know, it clearly, for what he got, he wasn't providing as much value as he wanted mm-hmm. everybody to think he was. Yeah. I mean, from a strict economist perspective, he couldn't have been, or he would have gotten oh, more. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, yeah, that's a great, great one. I was going to say that you know we could argue that it was the the mechanics of exchanging uh, money or or value, and you know, because basically it was our primitive, uh, our currently primitive models of micropayment exchange at this point. But then again. Yeah, I think we've been arguing against it this whole this whole conversation. So, I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. And and I think the places that have done well with a blended free slash insert variable mm-hmm. here um, a, approach to making a living have almost invariably done it with something larger than the scale of micropayments as what they are collecting the value right. on. The thirty-seven signals PDF book is—I don't know—is it—is it like yeah. twenty bucks? Um, you know, uh, the uh, Dave Slusher's got his pack of CD and mm-hmm. T-shirt. Um, a lot of the places have the T-shirt mm-hmm. model. Um, you know, I've looked at a few of the whole podcast approach where you know the feed has the last five episodes, and if you want more, they're on CD. Right. But but in every case, you're over that ten-dollar mark mm-hmm. invariably. And in order to get the the cost of of processing the transaction itself to be a small enough percentage of the amount you're exactly. collecting, exactly, exactly, because and that's really you know visas fees which have dropped, and that's why I think we're seeing more stuff in the one dollar two dollar range, but they're still a high enough percentage that it's like the overhead yeah. is making it really hard to make a living because if. You, you know, just like anything else, if for every dollar you make, you got to give fifty cents to the middleman. Mm-hmm. You suddenly got to make twice as many dollars, right. and that that you know, it, just like we were talking with the sales guy, suddenly you got to work twice as hard to make the mm-hmm. same money, and that's hard <laughs> to do, especially if you're busy already. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Well, Jay, this has been very good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 